listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Aurora Bubaloo here talking more Iron Fist on Netflix. Now, Aurora just told me <laughs> that she has opinions about these episodes. Not good. Yeah. No. Which is interesting because I yeah. have a hot take that I actually enjoyed these two episodes more than the last two episodes. Okay. So, we may be tailing in different directions here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I watched these two episodes and I'm like, huh, I'm actually, I'm actually more interested in the show now than I was before. I mean, I am still interested. I want to see what happens, but I, 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 I was eye-rolling the whole time. Okay, well, I mean, we'll talk about them, I guess, right, <laughs> when we get yeah. to it. Um, and maybe it's stuff that I have forgotten that I'm like, oh, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. All right, so let's talk about it. Uh, season one, episode three is up first. Uh, again, best title of an episode maybe ever, mm-hmm. Rolling Thunder, Cannon Punch. <laughs> uh, Harold Meacham is revealed to be under the control of an unknown woman who punishes him for temporarily leaving his penthouse. Colleen Wing is attacked by Ward's mercenaries, whom she overpowers rather easily, before mm-hmm. being confronted by Danny, whom she allows to stay at her dojo. Uh, Rand visits Joy, who offers him $100 million if he changes his identity and just leaves the Meachams alone. He refuses and meets with an old friend of the family who used to work for them as a legal intern. Uh, but we may know her better as she's risen to power in the New York area as Jerry Hogarth. Mm-hmm. She promises to help him reclaim his identity in exchange for a permanent contract between her firm and Rand Enterprises. Good old Jerry, always looking out for herself. <laughs> uh, Rand attacks uh, an impolite student of Colleen's, provoking her to expel the former who goes to an apartment owned by Hogarth. So this dude yeah. went from living in a park with no shoes. To, to an live, amazing apartment. Amazing apartment. And amazing. I've got a, and, and look, there's still more to this week's episode that I've got to mention, but how much would it cost to pay somebody to have oh, to clean the ceilings <laughs> in that place? I can't even. Imagine. They did these wide shots, and I wasn't sure there was a ceiling. Yeah. The walls looked so tall. A view. It was, it was an a, amazing view. Yeah, amazing. And she's just like, this is a place we have to put up people who are currently... Yeah, who's paying that rent? Yeah, apparently their firm <laughs> is. I don't know, that's ridiculous. My gosh. Uh, in a meeting, Hogarth and Rand show Ward and Joy 
a handmade ceramic bowl of the ladders containing mm-hmm. a younger Rand's fingerprint, thus proving his claim. Promising to present it in an upcoming court battle. Uh, this seems like uh, things are going to get ugly in the courtroom, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Danny deduces uh, from overhearing uh, Ward on the phone that Harold Meacham is alive. And he follows Ward to the penthouse where he climbs a window from which uh, he opens before being pushed by an unknown person. Uh, meanwhile, Harold forces Ward to buy a specific peer in town, which is secured by Joy's intellect. Uh, and flashbacks show Danny being beaten, a.k.a. trained, presumably, by the monks in Kumbon. Mm-hmm. Uh So your thoughts on Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch. Did this even... Uh, did this even touch on Colleen doing like the cage fighting, or did she do that in the next episode? Oh no, they she did a, a cage fighting scene on this episode and the other one. Yeah, so she did too. They didn't. Uh, t- they didn't touch on that. So one of her students is doing it for money, right? And she's like, "This is like against the Bushido code," but she's having trouble with paying her rent. Danny offered to pay like six months or whatever, and she didn't want to do it. After Danny became super wealthy-ish, she still doesn't want to accept it. So she decides to be a hypocrite and go cage fight, mm-hmm. uh, in which she is fighting this dude. Now you tell me, Aurora, uh, at least at first, because mm-hmm. I think eventually it became clear. At first, do you think this dude was just an equal opportunity fighter? Or do you <laughs> think, I, I mean, just on first impressions, was this guy just like, you know, I don't care if it's a man or a woman. Women can be as tough as men. I'll get in there with anybody. Or do you think this is a dude who gets off on beating on women? Because based off of, uh, at first I wasn't sure, but then midway mm-hmm. through the fight when he grabbed her and licked her face, I'm like, oh, yeah. he's one of these guys. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what he said when he got on, in the ring, mm-hmm. but, you know, I do remember his attitude was like, oh, this, you know, small woman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, wants to fight me. This is a joke. Yeah, it's just um, crazy. Yeah, so I don't think he was an equal opportunist. I think he legit uh, thought that he was going to kick her ass. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think what Danny was showing them was like this rolling the Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch thing because I like she uses it. I think. I yeah yeah. Like you hit him in like a certain spot and it's like debilitating. Yeah. Anyway, she kicks the shit out of this guy. And I like how she um, placed her hands like that. She wasn't making like a. A punch. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense, she was like placing them like more flat. And I, I, I took a self-defense class and they showed us that that's the most effective way to punch someone. Yeah. You don't want to do a balled up fist because you can break right. your hand that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Depending on where you hit somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, she kicked ass. She did. She was amazing. Uh, but anyway, your thoughts uh, uh, on the episode outside of that thing that they omitted here in this paragraph. Um, well, I want to go back to that because I, um, from all, I think I mentioned this the last episode, but from all the characters in this in this show, Colleen Wing is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some research on her, and she is in the comics. Okay. Um, and I learned that you know that in the ring, um, she calls herself like daughter daughter of the dragon. Yes. So. There's a, a duo, fight, crime fighting duo in the comics called Daughters of the Dragon, and it's Calling Wing and Misty Knight. That sounds awesome. Yes. 
<laughs> Holy shit, I want to see that team up right now. Yes. So I wonder if they're going to, like, expand on that. But even, I, I'm guessing they will if they're calling her the daughter of the dragon in yeah. the, even the just, ring. Even just tease it like they meet up or something. Yeah. Like they run into each other. Oh, maybe on the Defenders. Yeah, maybe, man. I w- yeah. would like to see this. Yes. Now that you've brought it up. <laughs> I mean, at worst, they can start like a punk pop band called the Daughters of the Dragon and I'll just be happy. That, 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 yeah, I will be happy too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I... In, in, this, in these two episodes... Um, and I'm not going to talk about what happened in the second episode just yet because mm-hmm. we aren't there, but um, I can sort of like I can see where some people are coming from mm-hmm. when they're saying they can't relate to the Danny Rand character, which yeah is fine. I but I get the feeling after watching both of these episodes that I guess I I feel like maybe I mean I don't know I'm not in their heads, but. I guess what I'm feeling is like maybe we're not supposed to relate to this character. I, I thought about that. Like maybe they want that. us. Like maybe they want us to relate to some of the other characters. Like we don't. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's not like a, we don't want you to hate Danny Rand. We just want you to understand him, even if you can't. If, yeah. Even if, even if you can't relate to him, and like the the more like when they showed the flashbacks of like essentially what his training is and like in the second episode a little bit of uh uh a head talk Mm -hmm. uh he talks about basically what his routine was and it basically sounds like a physical abuse like super strict training his life fighting his life we have to fight against the hand if they one day show up Mm -hmm. and this is your purpose in life and this is it and you need to be toughened up yeah and um if a dude grows like lives his whole life like that, that's all he knows, and then is thrust back into the world, you know, how many people can relate to that? <laughs> even people, <laughs> even people who are getting, even people who are like culture shocked, yeah, can't really yeah. relate to that. Like they're not in, you know, maybe the closest thing I think on Earth that we could relate to this is maybe somebody living in North Korea, where they yeah. live in such a bubble right. that they have no idea about anything no idea. outside. Right. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I can see that. Um, my my problem with I, I I'm not I, I'm not gonna say the show because I haven't seen the whole show. Yes. But with this uh, two episodes, is I feel as a as a viewer, I feel confused with you know regarding who I should care about. Yeah. Because like Jerry Hogarth is someone that we saw in Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. we know that she's not a nice person. Yeah. We know she that. Should've, she was in Daredevil as well. She right? was in Daredevil, yes. Yeah. Um, but even though I know she's an, not a nice person and I can't relate to her whatsoever, Yeah. I still, I was still excited to see her. Yeah. And she, well, I mean, and she has, she did have bits of redemption in right. Jessica Jones as well. Yes. But, you know, she's still, you know, a hard character. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and again, I can't relate to her, but I, I like her. And, yeah. I, and I, I like to see her on screen. Um, but my issue is with Iron Fist and Joy. Mm-hmm. Those two characters, I feel, 
confused about how I should see them. Like I, I feel like they've given me uh, scenes with joy that I should feel for her. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I believe it was in this episode that she helps her brother seal the deal with that peer. Yes. And she kind of like coerces the, the, the guy with saying, I will give you, was it a kidney? I think so. Um, so yeah. she, she, she brings him to the hospital, shows him a, 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 the guy that's going to die. And hopefully his, I think his kidney is going to go to his nephew or something like that. Yeah. Um, so she uses that as leverage to get the peer. And I'm like, that's awful. That's an awful thing yes. to do. Yes. How am I supposed to like you if you are doing this? But then at the same time, you're trying to help Rand. I, I, I just feel confused about right. how. I, yeah. I feel like with her, <clears throat> with her, um, that. I mean, and I could be wrong, obviously. It's just a prediction. Uh, but I feel like maybe she's going to have an she's going to have a character arc like she's mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. like i feel like she's already undergoing it a little bit but we'll, like yeah. we'll see stuff in like the next episode as well where she's explaining to danny like you know like she has her feelings about danny and that's the, like that side of her is the part where you're starting to warm up to her a little bit right right but there's the other side of her that is still like well this is business and this is how we do business and that's how right. business is Right. And like I feel like maybe that's going to be the part of her that is going to change mm-hmm. by the end of this first season. I, I hope th- so. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe not a character we're going to love or we're going to feel confused about at first, but maybe they're going to be slowly uh, changed. Um, yeah. And there wasn't a lot of that in this episode. I feel like in the second episode there was a lot of – right. Not necessarily a lot, but there was definitely more layers added to a lot of characters in the mm-hmm. – in, in the next episode. So yeah, there was, um, this was like a kind of like a setting up episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some bigger reveals in the next episode. Uh, overall, I, I thought this was fine. Uh, most of the fight scenes were basically Colleen in the cage. Yeah. Which is still pretty cool, by the yeah. way. Uh, kicking dudes asses and she takes it up a notch. In mm-hmm. the next episode, I think she fights two guys at once. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. the um, Overall, this was fine. It did not live up to the amazing title that it had. <laughs> it did, although, although it it's, did not. <laughs> it's, diffi- it's difficult when you name something as epic, when you title something as epically as Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch. But, yeah. um, you know, there, there was a scene, and this was omitted in the paragraph as well, when he's trying to find proof of his identity he remembers that he had a skateboarding accident and that the oh, hospital yeah. might still have his x-rays and there's already right. a dude in there mm-hmm. trying to set the thing ablaze and uh, there's a, actually a great moment where he goes to punch him with brass knuckles and he collides with Danny's iron fist and it breaks the shatters the brass knuckles mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we get more of that in the next episode but he does the superhero thing and he saves the unconscious records keeping lady instead of yeah. trying to get his file um so he does the superhero thing uh overall yeah. i gave this a three i thought it okay. was just fine mm-hmm. um I, I i gave it a three as well mainly because um you know i i did i do have uh conflicting views with 
Rand and Joy, but the thing that annoyed me the most in this episode was him uh, Rand going to Glean's dojo. Yes. And I feel like from the start he acts like he knows more than her and he tries to like tell her how to do things and I yes. find it I find that very annoying. I hate it. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean because- I mean the facts are probably that he does know more. I mean, he's the Iron he's, Fist. But right. But it's the way that he does it. Right. He's not yes. consciously aware of... Uh, Social I mean, cues? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to steal, a, <laughs> to, steal a, to steal a quote from Rachel Ghoul, he's not fully aware of his surroundings. Right. He's not thinking about, you know, it's because it's her dojo is fairly laid back. Right. The people in it, they're joking around. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And he's a dude who's grown up his whole life taking beatings and, like, fighting is everything. Right. And this right. is, you know, you take this 100% seriously. Because if you don't, the hand will show up and they'll kill you. <laughs> uh, like, this is this is his dude. This is this dude's life. So he's not taking any of this. So he's like a drill instructor, practically. Yeah. Yeah. And Colleen is like, number one, this is my dojo. Right. Don't run my goddamn dojo. You're not a teacher here. Right. And you're she's a like, guest. Yeah. And she's like, number two... Dude, a lot of these people are here. It's keeping them off the street. It's helping them right. better their lives. Like these mm-hmm. are people who might otherwise be in gangs or on drugs or, you know, this is helping people with school credit and, you know, you're not thinking about any of this stuff. And he does apologize. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like maybe there's some people who thought he sarcastically called her sensei. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he did. Sensei is I teacher. Don't think, yeah, I don't think he did. And yeah. he and given how much respect has been beaten into him for for this, like he recognized that she's the teacher in this dojo, mm-hmm. and it's her dojo. And right. he apologized for being out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some redemption. I totally hear yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> he was a dick. He was a dick. But like, yeah. So he was a dick, and I'm like, but at the same time, though, like you know, I think about. When you're shown like how he was raised, it's like, uh, I mean, he was and he was in that bubble for so long. You can yeah, and that's like, where my conflict comes from. That right. I, I'm trying st- to understand his background, right. but at the same time, I find him so annoying. Right, like if by the end of the if like by the end of the season, he still hasn't learned some of this stuff. Yeah, then then, then that's yeah, then that's an issue. But he is yeah. learning, right. and so long as he remembers his lessons, hopefully, it will, it will be okay. You know that uh, when Claire when Claire Temple shows up, he's gonna get in line. Oh yeah, she set him <laughs> straight. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's talk about season one, episode four. This one is called Eight Diagram Dragon Palm. Also an awesome name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Danny wakes up in a penthouse. At first, I thought it was somehow his penthouse, and I'm like, did somehow Super Claire? rescue him from like the middle of this giant skyscraper and knew how to take him back to his mm-hmm. magnificent apartment and she treated him and he's all better now yay claire um that's not what happened i actually thought the same thing i'm like <laughs> some, like it like it didn't make any sense to me at all yeah, yeah. and then it's like oh he's probably in harold's apartment mm-hmm. uh where harold uh he actually he finds out that it was ward who shoved him out the window and he Danny in a moment, Danny in kind of a moment of dumbness is like, "Why'd you shove me out the window?" And he's like, <laughs> "I mean, wouldn't you do that if somebody was breaking into your house? Mm-hmm. You saw somebody trying to get into your window, wouldn't you shove them back out?" Um, makes sense. 
Um, <laughs> and then he sees Harold. And Harold, uh, and there's an interesting moment, by the way, where yeah. clearly Danny's relationship with Harold is not the relationship he had with Ward. Like, Harold right. was like the cool uncle or something. Because mm-hmm. you could see the memories come back. His, his eyes kind of welled up a little bit. And he gave Harold a big, huge hug. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the closest thing he was going to get to seeing his dad. And, you know, he's like, welcome home. And Danny says, you have no idea how long I've waited to hear that. Uh, it was kind of a sweet moment, but it's like a tense sweet moment because yeah. I don't think I can trust any of these people. Mm-hmm. Danny may be setting himself up for disaster here. Uh, but Harold, Harold reveals that he did die. He had cancer. Right. But he was secretly cured by these people, apparently, that wanted to use him. Now, he did not know who they were at the time, but it turns out they're probably the hand. Mm-hmm. And they demanded his loyalty in return uh, and allowed him to reveal the truth only to Ward and to his assistant. Even Joy has no idea that Harold is, is still alive. Yeah. Um, Harold asks Danny to destroy the hand because he remembers their conversation in the mental institution where Danny says that they're the sworn enemy of the hand. And mm-hmm. then Danny talks about how. You know, he didn't even realize the hand was really real. It was in Kunlung. It was even like more of a a myth or something like Satan and his demons. Right. Um, they'd never actually seen the hand or fought them. It's just that they were preparing to one day fight them should the need arise. To find out that they actually exist and they're in New York, um, he accepts this challenge. Uh, in exchange, Harold orders Ward to accept Danny's return to the company where his return is announced in a press conference. Uh, later in a board meeting, Rand uses his position as the majority shareholder to enforce his decision to sell a newly developed leishmaniasis drug at cost in mm-hmm. order to save more lives because he rightly says people should not make profit off of other people's misery. Right. Take heed, America, in 2017. It's a good point <laughs> he made. You shouldn't be making profit off of other people's misery. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of the richest people in this country, <laughs> that's how they've made their money. Yeah, they don't care about that. <laughs> no, they do not. Uh, at his apartment, at Danny's apartment, uh, he talks to Joy about uh, his experience being trained, mm-hmm. which she likens to abuse. And he goes to pour Joy a drink while she gets to the door. But Joy is attacked and kidnapped, I thought at first, by the hand. But mm-hmm. in fact, it turns out later to be the triad, the local New York triad. Right. Um, Danny, of course, overpowers them, kicks the shit out of these dudes have like little mini hatchets and they're breaking <laughs> on his iron fist and he's kicking these dudes' yeah. asses in the hallway. Yeah, he's why kicking do you bring their guns? asses in an elevator. Yeah, bring guns. Yes. I, <laughs> I mean they probably I mean his fist could probably stop those two, the bullets at least, but he wouldn't be able to stop all of them. Yeah. Don't bring hatchets. Don't bring hatchets. Yeah. He kicked their asses in the hallway, he kicked their asses in uh an elevator. This was not like to the level of like the fight scenes we've seen in Daredevil. No, uh, but it was fine. It was, it was fine. Fu- yeah. yeah, it was fun. It just wasn't like blowing my mind with the cinematography or the fight right. choreography. But it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was certainly better than some other fight scenes I've seen on other superhero TV shows. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, Danny takes her to uh, Colleen's dojo, the Chikara Dojo. Uh, before confronting the triad leader, who reveals that they hold a grudge against Joy for robbing them of their peer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
However, he immediately and completely surrenders to Danny's position once he reveals that it was the hand behind the acquisition of the pier. As a reward for securing the pier, the hand kidnaps Harold, at least it seems like at first, to punish him for something. Maybe they're on to him and Danny, but they're not. They, they give him a reward and they pull the hood up and he is across the street and through a window. He can observe Joy in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Apparently he rarely ever gets to see her. The last time he saw her, she was a little girl. Right. And he notices that she has been wounded and asks the hand for one more uh, favor. I guess one more favor to mm-hmm. a, to their faithful servant. And back at the Triad's restaurant, a, a handful of the hand show up. <laughs> and one of them says, which one of you attacked Joy Meacham? And one guy stands up, says it was me, and he whips out his hatchets. This member of the hand takes out a big katana blade and just overhand swings and lands right in the middle of this bald dude's head. Just, gah. Yep. Kill, kills him. Flings the blade so that the blood goes flying and makes a splatty sound. Mm-hmm. And then puts it back into his sheath. And then they walk away. Yep. And when they get back into the car, the murderous hand member takes off his cloaks, his clothing, and his hood to reveal that it was, in fact, Harold Meacham who did this. Yep. Um, and, uh, oh, and Danny uh, then receives a cryptic message from somebody named Yang Hai King. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> something... Uh, Something to, uh, I guess, uh, cliffhang us a little bit. What is this message? Oh, and it, he also, Danny was shirtless, and he turned around to reveal right. the patented Iron Fist logo that is uh, that is ever-present on Iron Fist's chest. Mm-hmm. Danny most definitely has this big-ass tattoo on his chest. Yep. Um, Aurora, you are a connoisseur of tattoos. <laughs> Do you have anything that large on your body? Uh, I mean, the, I mean, no. I, I know you've got the 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 gamer goddess tattoo, and that's a pretty yes. sizable tattoo. That it is, um, but nothing like that, right? No, I don't know if it. Uh, you know, there's a a little big chunks of that tattoo that is just like black inking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know if it will feel the same as my gamer goddess tattoo because it was so detailed that a lot of places were tattooed over again and it was really painful yes. <laughs> um but i know that that area is is painful for you know that that the area that he yeah. has a tattoo yeah so. it's like that and it's like the knuckles oh yeah are like super painful and uh, the butt is really <laughs> yes that's i figured that would be like one of the least painful places i don't have given any like butt the- tattoos but i i've heard <laughs> <laughs> i've heard I figured, like, given, like, all the padding, like, no matter how small your butt is, it's easily the most that's padded part thought. of your body. That, that's what I thought, but I, I've heard that they are right. very painful. Like, yeah. I've heard if you have to be struck by lightning, you want to get hit in your butt. This is what I've heard. <laughs> like, it's the safest place to get hit. Yeah. I mean, that's- look, Forrest, I mean, Forrest Gump, if you're going to get shot, get shot in the buttocks. <laughs> I, I just, I thought maybe, that honestly... I would have thought, I, like, I, maybe, like, the top of your foot would hurt more or something. Yeah, it still hurts, but um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess don't know. It all, I guess it all probably hurts, but... Yeah. 
I just I guess I wouldn't have imagined that. I figured yeah, like yeah. I was surprised when I heard that, but yeah. Well, there goes my plans for a butt tattoo. <laughs> Out the window. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, the eight diagram dragon palm episode of Iron Fist? I mean again, I'm 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 having trouble <laughs> with the main character of this show. I I like the other characters. Um I just, I don't know, when he, when um, Rand is talking to Joy in his luxurious rent apartment. Yeah, rent-free. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the acting or, I don't know what it is, but I mm. I, I don't like him talking. Wow. <laughs> yes. It, because every time, I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's the acting, but the mm. tone it's very sometimes condescending, but then sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, I, I know more than you. Is it like um, the is it like the look? Like the, he's just got like this curly hair look. I mean, he kind of looks like a dick. If you're just <laughs> judging a book by its cover. It does. Um, it could be. I don't know. It could. There be. is there is something about the look of the character. There is something about him that I just. Yeah. don't like um which you know it, it doesn't make me I, I still enjoy the 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 show mm-hmm. um i like the whole herald uh, scenes with him seeing joy being hurt and he going back to the triads and um doing that i thought that was nice um yeah. but and i i don't I, the summary that you said it didn't mention colleen going back and fighting those two guys. No, they didn't mention it in, yeah. the, in the last episode either. Um, and I like that also. And, and before she did that, <laughs> you could see her like punching a bag. Yes. Um, and it seemed like she kind of like craves the excitement of those fights. So I don't feel like she's doing it because she wants, yes. she needs the money. I think she's doing it because she enjoys fighting those guys. Yeah, she's very – yeah, I feel like she's got aggression that needs to come out. Yeah. And maybe she thought by doing this dojo, all the sparring she'd be doing. Right. Maybe this would be uh, a way to let it out. Yeah. I mean, and at first she was very much like, you know, the Bushido code, I can't, this is mm-hmm. wrong. But then she's like, you know, the money is good mm-hmm. and there's – you know, there is a, you know, I mean, you can ask any professional fighter or you know, anybody who performs any physical, an, any athlete, anybody who does anything athletic that performs in front of an, you know, an adulating crowd. Yeah. It's, there's something addictive about that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, getting, you know, because uh, basically you've got a bunch of people in a room together and they're all like, simultaneously emoting yeah you can you can just it's like an energy you can just Mm -hmm. feel it Mm -hmm. and it's like an addictive feeling yeah and she's getting she's getting cocky you know she she asked for a second fighter for a second fighter yeah Um, Uh, and it was a bit of a challenge but still no match i mean look so she's you know and, and i think it's like you know there's sparring is one thing but sparring is not a fight right like, you can train all you want to play professional baseball, 
you can be in a batting cage. Uh, you know, you can do all the simulations you want, but it's not the same as getting out there in front of 50,000 right. people in a stadium mm-hmm. and having a dude throwing the ball and not knowing exactly where it's going to go. Yep. And, you know, it, there's one, it's just, you know, it's not the same thing. And I think, like, once she's like, you know, uh, she even told her student, it's like, I'm a hypocrite. I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to do it again. But then she found herself being like, there's just no substitute for this. Yep. And then and after that, there's the, a what's scene. What's all that wrong about it? Yeah. There's a scene where she's like, after the fight, she's uh, laying on the dojo floor. Mm-hmm. And you can see in her face that like, she's like satisfied that she did that. Even though she has like a broken finger, she has like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm hoping that they're going to develop that more and. Mm-hmm. We're going to see more of her background, maybe some explanation yeah. of why she's seeking that. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that storyline. Um, yeah. I'm I'll still l- feeling I'm still feeling like I'm holding out hope that they're going to soften Danny's character by the end of the season. I because, hope so. Because, look, you and I both know what should be really there underneath mm-hmm. is... You know, because he endured all of that—the hardship, the beatings, the carrying stuff up hills, the constant sparring and fighting, and training—underneath that is what he really was. Maybe it's like the Michael Jackson syndrome, right? How mm-hmm. like Michael Jackson always seemed childlike because he never got to have a childhood, right? And like Danny Rand has just been calloused over, but he was a ten-year-old kid. Yeah, when this happened, who lost his mom and his dad? Part of me is thinking like he never got to be a kid. He never got to accept his parents' death. Yeah, and I everything think that, was, that, that is the goal. Everything has just been hardened over. Yeah, I think that is the goal of the show, um, and I think yeah. that's the story. Um, so you know, while you were saying those things, I'm thinking that maybe it is the acting. I don't know. Um, I, it could be the performances. It I mean, could be the performances because the story's there and I and I know where they're trying to what they're trying to convey, but yeah. this I is just, noticeably this has noticeably not been a as well acted show as the other shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I've got a low bar though because I've watched many other shows with <laughs> much worse performances in them. Right. Uh, and as you know, I do watch pro wrestling, and it's hard to sometimes get worse acting performances than from <laughs> pro wrestling at times. So I have a very low bar for performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's noticeably lower quality than some of the other shows. And again, maybe that's maybe some maybe some people have been miscast. Maybe it was because they tried to rush the show so they could get the defenders. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the people running the show and their creative direction for how they wanted things to go. I'm not sure. It's still I mean, not. Like four episodes in, it's still not as bad as I've seen some people saying it is. Yeah, it's not as bad as I I've heard people uh, talk about. It, but I can't imagine this guy, the guy that you know, up until episode four, mm-hmm. I can't see this guy interacting with Jessica Jones. Like Jessica Jones will destroy him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at least I mean at least verbally. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like at an intellectual level or yes. something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So he needs to. On the regret. other hand. On the other hand, in the comics, he's part of Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see those guys, like, as they are right now, mm-hmm. like, as a team, because they would be like yin and yang. 
Yeah. Because Luke Cage is very much like the opposite. He's the soft-spoken, thoughtful dude. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Danny Rand is, is, you know... I mean, I don't want to say he's not soft-spoken, because it's not like he's this bellowing asshole or anything. Right. So he's not like that. But he is, like, overly cocky and probably with good reason, but... Yeah. He doesn't know the lines. Yes. He doesn't know the social lines to not cross, I guess. Yeah, because even that, that scene with the board members and they're trying to decide about this this drug and how it, how it sh- how much it should cost. Yes. Um what he did is what I see what I want to see from a hero. I, I, yeah. I like his decision, but the way that it was delivered, I still felt like he was a dick. Even yes. though even, Even though, though the, he was doing the right thing, I was like, oh, yeah. this guy. <laughs> and the people who were doing it, like he, the people who were trying to defend themselves, had a far dickier position. Right. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, but we're going to sell it to this group and they're going to they're gonna subsidize it and we're all going to make money. Isn't that great? And people are still going <laughs> to get the medicine they need. Um, you know, he was still pretty dickish about it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you're correct. Uh, so maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see some of those layers uh peeled yeah. away um i i will i will say this jerry jerry got in like more than enough digs at him <laughs> yes <though>. you did <laughs> like i don't i can't remember all the stuff she called him yeah but like she got you know and she's like you know for god's sakes buy some clothes mm-hmm. and he's like why does everybody care about my clothes and he's just like it's new york people care do yep. it yep um you know, you've got to look the part or whatever but, you know, she she was, like, not, you know... So he didn't step all over her. She kind of stepped on him. Right, yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll see that. And we know Claire Temple won't put up with any shit. No. So... <laughs> uh, I actually... This was, my, this was my favorite episode so far, mm-hmm. actually. There was a fight scene that I liked. There was... We learned a lot about Harold Meacham's story. Yeah. Uh, we even got to see a different side of Ward... Mm-hmm. Like, after his dad was just like, just look, accept him. This is, you know, he is Danny. This is what I want you to do. Yeah. And Ward has a moment in the elevator where he's like, I just want to warn you about, you know, there's definitely father issues here. Uh, he's like, you know, don't put your trust in, you know, in Harold. 100% yeah. if you're looking for a, a father figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. So we got like a different side of him a little bit. Yeah, I like his acting performance. He is doing a good, a good job at being mm-hmm. a. I, I don't want to say a bad guy, but he's a yeah. suspicious character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not as good as Kingpin, who was a, of, who was yeah, a, yeah, who was a badass with right. daddy issues. Yeah, this is kind of like a wimpy guy with daddy issues, but you can still see some of it. Right. Because he's like, you know, he gives him a big hug and he's like, welcome home. And mm-hmm. Ward is just in the background looking at all this. And then he's like, finally, a fighter in the family. Yeah. Yeah. And Ward's just like, geez, kick me in the balls while I'm at it. <laughs> um, so you do you do feel for him. I feel like there's a Ward helping the hand, mm-hmm. like spilling the beans or something at oh, some yeah. point. I yeah. feel like we may be headed in that direction. So. Uh, yeah, so this was, this was actually my favorite episode so far. I went so far as to give this one a four, Aurora, which may uh, be more I, than you gave it, but <laughs> I liked it. I gave it a, a 3.5. I liked it okay. more than the previous episode, but not enough for a four. Okay. Well, we're yeah. making progress. Yes. 
We'll see. I mean, look, it's possible for this show to fall off a cliff. I have no idea where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know, like, part of me gets the feeling that this show is basically, we're make it, we're taking, because I think the Defenders, it's going to have stuff to do with the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it's Stick, is who's actually the one who brings the Defenders together, I think. Um, so, I'm, and obviously he's been fighting the hand for a while, so... I, I, I'm pretty sure they're the, the impetus for the Defenders, which means I have a feeling this whole season is probably just one big lead-in to the Defenders. So I, I'm not sure how we're going to feel about it by the time the first season is over, but we're going to keep plugging through. Uh, we're not done yet. We've got a few more. Epi- In fact, actually, next episode uh, will put us at about the halfway point, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so head on over to cinemageekly.com. You can play catch-up. Uh, and listen to uh, the other episodes we've done so far. Or if you're starting one of the other Marvel shows, uh, we've talked about them all so far, both seasons of Daredevil and the seasons of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. We would highly recommend, I believe, Aurora, uh, all of those shows. Yeah. uh, As good watches. 100%, yes. Uh, So if you want to watch one of those shows, uh, you can follow along or listen along with us as we... Uh, reviewed all of those shows too. Uh, this show, of course, available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Podcasters of Shield and hit subscribe. Okay, Aurora and I will return next week to talk two more episodes of Iron Fist at season one, episode five, called Under Leaf Pluck Lotus, and episode six, called Immortal Emerges from Cave. <laughs>